Growler Media presents Joe vs. the Minute. Welcome back to Joe vs. the Minute. You've made it to Friday. We're here for Minute 3. I'm Jarf. That is Tierney. Hello! <laughs> and Minute 3 shows Joe trying to make his way into work and catching some serious flack from his colleagues. I have very mixed feelings about this minute. Oh, interesting. So this minute continues our depression. I had kind of said this week was getting me down a little bit because that's the idea. (laughs) Gotta break people down before you build them up. Gotta show how lousy Joe's job is so that it's impressive when he leaves it. But I also was taking notes this minute and realized that technically, as a movie, this is incredibly well done. (laughs) This is an incredible minute. Oh, there's some fantastic stylistic choices in here. Yes. And last minute, we had kind of the not as comic relief as we're going to get, but it's like, okay, it's a medical factory. It's like 50 years of petroleum jelly. Like, it's a little silly. And this minute, there is there is no relief, I guess. It's a weird way to end the week, but I realized, so he goes through... Actually, no, let's start with my first question. How does he bend like that? <laughs> well, before we get into the amazing anatomy of Joe Banks, <laughs> it's funny that you're saying this because I actually found a lot of comic relief in this. Now... I'm not a monster. I have empathy. Obviously, I'm watching this scene playing out and it's like, oh, terrible thing after terrible thing happens to him. And so I do feel bad. But the way they do it, it is very cartoony. Oh, you step in a bucket and you can't get the bucket off and hop down the street and then roll down the hill. It's that kind of vibe. And so watching it just as an isolated minute, I found it to be funny. Maybe I am a monster. Who knows? No, you know what? I think the difference might be because I was wondering. So when he goes through the, are those turnstiles? What would you call those? Yeah, they are, right? But it's like the tall one and they only spin in one direction and it's got all the bars i'm terrified of those and i kind of wonder if this movie is like the origin story of that i hate those exits on the subway when you have to go through one of those i still to this day as a middle-aged woman have to kind of mentally psych myself up (laughs) it's that sort of exit instead of just a normal automatic gate one oh I hate them too. Everyone hates them, right? They're terrible. They're so, so bad. Just because of the way that they have those interlocking teeth, I I feel like they're going to slice and dice me. This is a gate that has teeth, people. You hear the words we're using to describe it? It's terrible. So I actually had a bunch of questions about this whole experience of going through the turnstile from Joe's perspective. Mm -hmm. So first, right before he goes in, he lost the sole of his shoe earlier in the week. Mm -hmm. And this is the point in minute three where he looks down and he realizes it. And then he looks up right into the camera. (laughs) And it looks to me like he's about to break the fourth wall. Can you believe my luck? That kind of thing. But then... But he doesn't quite. No, and then they do the eyeline match and he's actually just making this hilarious, awkward eye contact with the security guard. You know that feeling when you've done something super embarrassing 
And the first thing you do is look around, did anybody see me do that? And that that's what I think Joe is doing here. And it's inescapable. The guy's right there. He's in the security guard box. And the way the security guard lowers his coffee, like... <laughs> I, I'm trapped. I can't escape this awkwardness. It just kills me. So that was my first one. So then he goes into the turnstile. Well, can we talk about the fact that, like, ha- wh- are we supposed to believe that he lifts up his leg to look at his <laughs> Oh, this is like, how does he bend that way? Yeah, that's before he goes through the turnstile. Oh, you know, I think I could do that. Really? Mm-hmm. To look at the bottom of your shoe? But, yeah. Like, Okay, everybody listening at home, (laughs) see if you can look at the sole of your feet from a standing position. But please be safe. If you feel you need a spot or get a spot. Yeah, and it's not just like glancing down. Because obviously I could look down and see, you know, lift up my foot and see the sole of my foot. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't like analyze it at chest level (laughs) or whatever he's doing. Maybe he does yoga or something. Maybe. We don't know his history. But yeah, he goes through the turnstile, which we discussed, and then he steps in the mud pile, and then he does what I mentally do, like, all the time. (laughs) Wait, actually, before he appeals to the heavens... Yes. (laughs) On his way through the turnstile, the jerk behind him deliberately pushes, and this is probably where young Tyranny watching this movie got initially traumatized about these turnstiles. He hits Joe in the back with the turnstile. And then Joe does a huge comic lunge through. Mm -hmm. And then he looks back annoyed that the guy did it, but then he doesn't engage with the guy. No, because you can't. You can't. If any of our listeners also work in one financial center in Boston, Massachusetts, you don't need to push the revolving door that quickly. We're all going to get in the building. I have like almost fallen because you're going through a revolving door and everything's fine. And then someone gets in behind you and is like, we should be rushing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's ridiculous. It's so unnecessary. Everyone just calm down. (laughs) So what's your read on this? jerk face behind him that hits our hero joe do you think it is just that maybe he's a little annoyed that joe slowed down the line by looking at his feet with his flexible yoga moves (laughs) or do you think it's a personal beef no no i think it's that this is the sort of place that breeds people who get annoyed and push indoors Mm. i don't think it's personal i don't think he could pick joe out of a lineup it's just that sort of place where people push well joe definitely couldn't pick him out of a lineup because there's a little bit of sloppy editing if you look at the jerk who pushes the turnstile the guy that comes out of the turnstile immediately after joe that is not the same guy he did not go on an emotional journey that changed him (laughs) (laughs) but i think that's part of the not quite monotone but no it's monotone is of this scene in that everyone is interchangeable all these people going to work all these people not dressed for 1990 All these people at this terrible factory going to their jobs that are lousy, that they hate, it's it's everywhere. That's why I'm saying it's the sort of place where you would, the person in front of you took too long getting into the turnstiles. So when you have a chance to push them, you take it. Anyone would have done that. Both those men would have done that. It's true. And the costuming, as you are alluding to, is great. Just such a consistent 
drab palette with everybody going in there so you get a great visual when it's a, a full shot of a lot of them mm-hmm. everybody's in gray or a brown or it's just ooh man it's yep. very very bleak but we have the amazing camera spin to make up for it Yay! yes absolutely <laughs> so you were saying joe steps into the puddle and then he does what you frequently do <laughs> he stretches out his arms and he looks up to the sky and he thinks why Please make this stop. (laughs) And we were talking about the nice style choices. So as he's reaching his hands up to the heavens, they do this nice crane Mm -hmm. so that you go from head on to a bird's eye view and then continue over. So now you see the path into the factory. And then this is where young Jarf's mind starts to be blown because the path (laughs) is in the lightning bolt shape and it's like wait i've seen that before what is this movie so i will say before we get into the sidewalk which is amazing i also love that everyone continues to stream past him as he's just standing there (laughs) like nobody reacts to the fact that he is standing there as you said appealing to the heaven He just stepped into the biggest puddle of all time. And and then he's reaching his hands up into the sky. Nobody pauses to say like, hey, buddy, you all right? It just flows around him like a river. They just flow around him like a river. The only person who does react is that darn security guard who very comically pokes his head out of his little room that he stays in. Mm-hmm. And he isn't looking at the jerk who hit him with the turnstile. He's looking dead eye at joe what what are you doing is there gonna be some kind of trouble here like Mm. keep it moving so injustices all around but it's really cool done it's done really coolly (laughs) it's really cool done (laughs) uh now i can't edit it out and sound articulate I did not notice all the lightning bolts as a child, obviously. And then when I learned to start looking for them, this path was one of the first ones I noticed. And it's funny because I didn't pick up on it as being part of the company because I was like, but it's so weird. Like this is the most inefficient sidewalk that's ever existed. And it took a really long time for me to realize, oh, but it's in the shape of their logo. So Mm. it doesn't matter that it's inefficient. It's okay because they did that for style reasons. Like sometimes you'll have a weirdly shaped path because then when you look at it from a bird's eye view like oh it's the logo that's cool right right (laughs) so someone who designed this factory had fun with it someone associated had fun at some point in the process Someone had fun and clearly they rule over the factory with an iron fist because in (laughs) reality, people would just walk straight up. Oh God, yes. Constantly. Trample all the grass. Well, there's no grass, but... (laughs) Mm, That's true. Yeah, that makes it even worse. There's no grass, so it would be so easy. Well, I guess because it's smoothed out and the rest is bumpy. Also, nobody is in a hurry to get inside this factory, which makes it doubly insulting that the guy hit him with this turnstile. That's true. Because these are all the slowest walkers and (laughs) the the least enthused people you will ever see. The word trudge was invented for these people. (laughs) Yes, it was. And then it really quickly, we just get a glimpse of it, but we have two lightning bolts in this minute. because we have the path and we have the light inside. That's right. Right as the minute's ending, we do get to see that 
extra lightning bolt just to send us off into the weekend, you know, a little bit jazzed to be finding things. Yeah, so there we go. I ended the week not depressed. I have a fun little trivia to send us out on. Okay. So we talked about how perfect the song 16 Tons was. Mm -hmm. So would you like to hear the music that Shanley called for in the screenplay? Is it going to make me laugh? I'm not sure. I don't want to hype it up too much, but it was The Girl from Ipanema sung by the likes of Tom Waits. Wait. Sung like it was the downest blues song anybody ever croaked out just before the final curtain. So weird, right? But he sold his soul to the company store. I know. 16 Tons is... Is perfect. But I think the thing is, 16 Tons is inherently unhappy because of the lyrics. But if you listen to a lot of the covers of it, obviously not all, but a lot of them are pretty upbeat. Like the tempo is going and Mm -hmm. people are snapping their fingers. I think that's the direction to go in. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't think you want to, you don't want to pull down anything. It's that we're already down in it. Right. And we're going to rise up up from there Mm -hmm. so i get what you're saying with oh take a happy song and make it you know dark but again it's the same thing as the james bond quote it just doesn't fit the tone of the movie as it ended up being well i'm all out of notes for minute three that means we finished our first week that's impossible (laughs) as patricia would say (laughs) (laughs) i beat you to it this time (laughs) No, this is great. We So we finished our first week. We've covered minutes one through three. We've got so much of this movie left to experience with you all. We really hope that you'll join us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Joe versus Minute. We're on Facebook at the Joe versus the Minute listeners luggage raft. So please join us there. And obviously you figured out one way to listen to this minute. <laughs> So please make sure that you're subscribed. Congratulations to you too as well. <laughs> Congratulations to you. You can find our podcast on growlermedia.com and shout out one more time to moviesbyminute.com. Well, I think that does it. We've made it this far on our journey. So Tierney, where do you think this is taking us? Oh, away from the things of man. I did it like her earlier one. Right. <laughs> away from the things of man. There, was that more satisfying to you? Yes, it was. You got to hear it twice. That's what's important. That's what's important. That, yep. Now I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I'm gonna go when the volcano blow. Let me say now. I don't know. That's a growler.